Time keeps on leaving and we keep on moving. When do we pass on our wisdom to the youth? My veteran story lost our discussions. Fireside chats with the bourbon or two. It's time to hear the story by military veterans. Get yourself ready. It's the Lost Arts Podcast. The Lost Arts with Andrew Cox. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Lost Art Podcast. That podcast has given a voice to our veterans. I'm your host, Andrew Cox. And on today's episode, we will have part two of my veteran story with a Marine and Army veteran, Sergeant First Class Alfred Skip Weaver. Skip, how you doing? I do very well. Thank you for asking, AJ. All right. That sounds good. So, hey, uh, last time we were on here, you uh, were definitely having some good story time with us. We were getting some good info from you. Uh, and I think we left off. Uh, you were going to Afghanistan. Yes, that was uh, <clears throat> October of uh, 08. Okay. And then you did. I was, you, what was the unit you deployed with then? The Corps of Engineers, I went over as an individual augmentee. Oh, okay, okay. And I was a uh, force pro and um, office NCOIC for a battalion-sized office in Kalat, Afghanistan. Okay. And then what was what was kind of your job there? Well, it was my job to oversee the daily operation of the office, Um you name it, I did it. I swept mop floors. Uh, <laughs> I made the coffee and the silver bullet. Um, and uh, I went through uh, all the uh, emails and uh, okay. checked all the uh, uh, contractors that were c- coming in for for a meeting with the uh, with the engineers for their respective uh, projects. Right. And uh, and I always. Uh, on a daily basis, I was coordinating with the um, with the movement uh, center there on on our FOB. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, the commanding officer there uh, when it, to find out whenever they were going out on a mission, whether it be a, a recon, a resupply, um, or a snoop and poops, uh, shall we say? Yeah, right. Uh, something, something of which I wasn't supposed to have gone on, but I went on anyway. <laughs> uh, it was just, just the nature of the beast within. Uh, I just, I just had the, the need. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> maybe yeah. tempt fate, but uh, I just wanted to go on those, uh, on those, uh, on those recon missions uh, uh, as a, as an extra, as a turret gunner. Yeah. So. Now, at this point, you were how old were you? Were I was fifty-three. Fifty-three years old. I was, that's yep. pretty wild. Uh, fifty-three over there in Afghanistan. Uh, I imagine you were probably uh, older than a lot of the people that were there, right? <laughs> I was older than most uh, bird colonels. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh man. All right, and so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the missions, some of the things that you went and did. Well, some of the stuff I really can't discuss. Okay. Um, but I, I, 
I mentioned before, I went on a lot of resupply missions mm-hmm. uh, to local villages. Uh, um, um, so it was health, health and welfare, I guess you could say, um, where we would take um, uh, food, clothing items, um, um, 20 pound uh, bottles of propane, because uh, they did a lot of cooking with propane, and because um, in that particular area we were, well, <clears throat> there weren't very many trees for wood for cooking. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they used they used propane, and um, and USAID provided a lot of the stuff. Okay. And we we just took it out. Uh, we dropped it off. Um, uh, we interacted with uh, the villagers and, and and the kids therein, and uh, it was it was really an, uh, an interesting and delightful time. If you can find delight in a combat zone, I mean, it was right. it wasn't all uh, doom and gloom and horror. Uh, there was a, a lot of like I say, meeting with the uh, with the locals and. Now, how did you find uh, when you were meeting with the locals, like uh, how was your your interactions with them? Was it positive? Oh, yeah. Very, okay. very, very positive. Um, uh, there's a lot of smiles, a lot of laughter. We're talking through the interpreters. Um, yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. The, the, the first question out of some of the um, uh, um, village elders was, old are you <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh man that's you good. are older than everybody else here <laughs> you know i you but, could use that like uh i'm sure your unit did but use that to their advantage you know when you're dealing with the uh the elders over there uh you know especially if you're older than they are you know they look at uh, the the older generation as their their leaders, if you will. So, I mean, that can right, work right. out positive, right? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, wow. Never had any uh, altercations or anything. And now, um, did you interact? Like I know you're saying with the elders and stuff like that. Did you interact with the? Uh, like the kids and they, uh, yes. Yeah, you did. How, how was that? Like how, what was their, what was that like when, when you were, uh, interacting with them? Can you imagine wearing about a hundred pounds of gear trying to play soccer with the kids? <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> you talk about <laughs> sweating real quick yeah. and out of breath. <laughs> circles around you guys oh yeah but it was fun nonetheless you know trying to hold on to the to your carbine and uh, of course i had to leave my my uh uh smoke grenades and hand grenades you know know, inside inside the vehicle so i didn't want to lose them yeah yeah that'd be bad but trying to trying to trying to hold on to my carbine and 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 make sure that my my nine mil didn't fall out of its yeah <laughs> of its holster because I had I had a holster um, um, snapped on the front of my vest okay and uh, that way and I had it right right in front of my heart so if I took a bullet to the heart the the pistol would take the round yeah so 
Okay. Yeah, kind of protected there. Yeah. I like that. But, but I, I can really attribute my success, mm-hmm. endurance, and coming back, standing up mm-hmm. <laughs> to our Father in heaven. Yeah. Because prior to my deployment, prior to anybody's deployment, um, you know, the, the priest or, uh, or, um, or one of the, uh, Pentecostal, uh, preachers will, will come around, you know, and they'll hand out the, uh, uh, pocket New Testament. Right. Well, I took two of them and one, I wrote my last letter. First, I wrote, um, uh, my confession of faith in it, which I still have that Bible. Oh, wow. Very nice. I, I wrote my, I wrote my confession of faith. Mm-hmm. And also my last letter home, because I I went over with the intentions of not returning. Okay. But the Almighty had other plans for me. Yeah. But anyway, I took the one that I wrote my letters, and I kept it in my my left breast pocket underneath Mm -hmm. my flak jacket. Yeah. And I took the other one. And I wedged it between the air deflector and the ballistic shield in front of the driver. And whatever vehicle I was riding in, whether it be an MRAP or a Humvee, um, whether the driver was a buck private or a bird colonel, I told them under no circumstances do you remove this Bible. All right. Yeah, I had this one Army major in a snide, snide sort of way. He said, well, what do we need that for? And I said, when we get back from this mission, which was about six days, um, I'll tell you. <clears throat> and um, we left um, Fob Apache there in Kalat, okay. uh, Fob, up to uh, Fob Wolverine on, I can't remember, uh, Route Lion, I believe it was, uh, through Dob Pass, which was a major choke point um, and obvious ambush site right <clears throat> but we we got lucky the times we went through there but anyway we encountered about five eed ieds right and and one of them was um was deemed to have been a stacked um 500 pound bomb oh wow some some of the stuff that left over from the Russian incursion. Right. And um, it took out uh, a couple of um, Afghan Army um, Ford Ranger trucks. Of course, mm-hmm. those little trucks were no match for, you know, some oh, yeah. a blast of that magnitude. But anyway, <clears throat> being up in that gun turret, that blast wave hit me, and it rattled my, my marbles something fierce oh yeah we took some we took some flack on our vehicle and um um but anyway we got to um oh nabahar well no it's nabahar first we went to uh And then from Shinkei, we went to Nabahar through the salt flats, which was an unknown, um, uh, haven for roadside bombs. So, 
Okay. We made it through there. Um, got to Navajar and did our resupply. Dropped off our supplies for them because it was one of those um, very austere um, living situations. So, yeah. I don't. I don't see how those guys got along out there, but they did. But. Um, so they didn't have. They pretty much had nothing out there. It was just them uh, right. and, like camping or whatever. That's it. That's yeah. it. Um, well, they had a few generators and and um, that was about it. And it, like no, they didn't have like shower facility, nothing like that. Um, they had um, <clears throat> the um, water wells out there. That they were pumping water out of into their um, um, water heaters, and uh, that's how, that's that they could shower that way. Oh, okay. but. Um, yeah. So, but, but anyway, we fairly primitive though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we got back to Fob Apache, and as we were putting my vehicle up, because um, it was that was the one I I took. But anyway, um, I told the major, and I said, now. How many bombs did we see go off in front of us? And how many do you know that went off behind us? And he said, there was at least five. And I said, yeah. And and I said, because we had the sword and the shield going before us, no weapon form was going to harm us. Nice. Yeah. He looked at me and he said, Sarge, I'll never question you again. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's crazy. <sighs> well, you know, it's it, that's it. In my opinion, you know, that's a very important part. Uh, you know, having faith and believing in God, and and uh, it, you know, having that there with you. Uh, at least for me, when I was deployed, having that knowledge and and in your heart, it made it so much easier. Uh, as I was going through my daily routines and, and all the different things that I did, uh, just knowing that he was there with me type of thing. So I, to I this that day, was a big thing for me. To this day, I still keep one of my pocket New Testaments up Very on nice. my front, up on my dash. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. But, you know, there was a, there was more at work in the spiritual realm, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. than what I was, I was privy to. Uh, it wasn't until I got back, um, I, I was given the opportunity because, uh, two days before I shipped out of my final R and R, um, I lost two teammates from my oh. global security team. I believe I touched on that earlier. Yeah, you did, yeah. And, and to this day, you know, the visions are still embellished in my mind. I'll never forget them. Right. And, It was because of my faith, you know, 
in retrospect right that i had i had to go home and rescue my granddaughter on my ex-wife's side of the well she wasn't my ex then mm-hmm. but I won't go into specific details, but anyway, she was she was left abandoned for about four days. Uh. And one of the ladies from the church that I went to there in in Vianne, yeah, um, had she she'd sent me a text um, while I was at the Wounded Warrior Hospital uh-huh. at uh, at Fort Sill. And I got there in uh, July, yeah, July of uh, 10. Now, was this this R&R or was this you were uh, uh, finished with the deployment? I was finished with the deployment in in June. Okay. Well, really, I had three more months left. Mm Mm-hmm. But this was my final R&R prior to my uh, uh, return to the States. Okay. But anyway, um, she sent me a, 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 no, she called, she called me, I can't remember, Sue, Sue, Sue was her name. <clears throat> anyway, uh, she called me and told me about my granddaughter, Madison who was at the time about eight years old mm-hmm. was at home by herself and just said, where's your, where's your grandmother? Where's your uncle? She said, I don't know. They've been gone for about three days now. Hmm. So I had to write a letter giving her, um, Temporary custody mm-hmm. because um, she she needed she needed to be protected and I yeah. was not and I, I I had no transportation mm-hmm. anyway uh, finally the the great grandmother um, chimed in and you know, she wanted her then well what it boiled down to is I had to go get my granddaughter and to save her from foster care. Yeah. So I told my uh, platoon sergeant there at the WTU, I said, this is what's happening. I need to get back to my hometown, get my granddaughter, and get her back here. I said, we need a place to stay. Yeah. So within just a couple of hours, I got my emergency leave, uh, went down to uh, one of the uh, – rental car companies mm-hmm. and and got a truck got down to uh vian picture no i went to tala had to go to tahlequah get her and her clothes and um uh, and then get back to uh wtu where the um sergeant major of the uh temporary housing was more than gracious to uh gave us a gave us a um an apartment for about seven days right. till um um oh i can't remember the name of the organization um that that helps 
the wounded warriors in 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 dire distress and but anyway they had they had worked with the WTU and um, allocated a uh, an apartment for us um, just not too far from from the from the post mm-hmm. um, from Fort Sill and and the school that I got her enrolled it was just almost almost right at our back door so I could stand in the hallway and watch her walk to school and and be safe and um and she she excelled at all of her school work and um but the uh um uh, uh, was it wasn't the WTU I can't remember the name of the organization that funded the the down payment uh for for the utilities um first month's rent and first month's utility payment very nice and after that you know i was able to get my all my stuff set up uh-huh. to, to you know to keep the utilities on and um um Another uh, friend of mine was able to um, take me around to a few car dealerships, and I, I found a, a nice vehicle, and and uh, I got it, and that well, I was able to, uh, you know, take care of our transportation needs. Definitely, yeah. Uh, it was it was a trying time, but uh, yeah. anyway. Uh, She, she's got her own family now, and she's got uh, two boys, and expecting a, a a daughter here pretty soon. And wow! And uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm um, <laughs> you were kind of angel that came in and helped her out. Well, I I I I guess you could look at it that way. I've I've never portrayed myself as a guardian angel per se, but. You know, um, I'm just glad I was there to protect her, shall we yeah. say. Yeah. And then and, yeah, she stayed uh, with you the whole time after that? Like, uh, no, not the whole time. Okay. Um, she went She went to live with uh, some relation down in Houston, Texas. And uh, she came back with me to uh, Columbus, Georgia, uh, to meet with um, – um, my current wife, Karen, okay. and, um, oh, they, they hit it off. They, they went to the, the beauty spa and had <laughs> nails and hair and toes done and all that. Yeah. And, uh, um, she, uh, she had a built up a good rapport with Karen and, mm-hmm. and she just loves her to death and vice versa. Nice. So like I say, she's, she's on her own now and, so I'm just I'm just here when she needs me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that was so was that your last deployment to Afghanistan? Like was that that it at that point? Well, at that at that point, um, I was into my second tour. Okay. So I went over in. Uh, uh, I did my train up from October of '08, November first. I was uh, I landed in country. Mm-hmm. And um, then about August of nine, um, 
I submitted my 4187 for uh, in-country extension. Okay. So I, I extended in-country because you know, I was, even though it was froth with a lot of danger, mm-hmm. it, it really didn't bother me. Yeah. Because I knew if, if it was my time, it was my time. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just going to do all I could to, um, for one, um, help the people of Afghanistan. Uh, a lot of them there did appreciate the fact that we were funding the road projects, bridges, um, health facilities, uh, hospitals, uh, all sorts of medical facilities. Right. Um, uh, their um, police headquarters, Afghan National Army bases. Um, as a matter of fact, we had a battalion within the confines of our wire mm-hmm. there at uh, Apache. And uh, I was all the time going down and and speaking with the um, with the commanding uh, officer there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of his rank, but uh, I was always going down there through, with an interpreter uh, to find out um, their wants and their needs. Right. Um, uh, usually it was uh, most generally it was uh, diesel fuel for their um, their uh, um, 100,000 uh, kilowatt generators they had. Mm-hmm. And they had. They had like four, four of those gen- huge generators that wow. provided power for them. And so when we pulled out, uh, we had taught them how to run the generators, um, service, change oil when, when needed, mm-hmm. um, all the maintenance therein to keep something like of that size running um to include uh, the uh the water pumps um the the wastewater treatment facility yeah um yeah so they could be self-sufficient mm-hmm. so now that uh biden yanked us all out and Left all of our equipment there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what shape that country's in now? Yeah, that's. But yeah, we can't stay there. We can't. We can't stay there in all these other third world countries and and hold their hands and everything that they do. Mm-hmm. So, and in some in some instances, they really don't care. Of, yeah. You know that that we have all these amenities and that they're there for their their benefit, uh, whether it be roads. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time we turned around, um, a low water uh, crossing was getting blown up or a bridge was getting blown up. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, the Taliban, they didn't care. They mm-hmm. wanted to keep, it was their job to keep their own people oppressed. Yeah. And to make us out to be the bad guy. Right. Yeah. So and and I mean, I think that goes all the way back to, you know, probably World War Two, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we've we've rebuilt every country we've ever had an incursion or a war in. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> that's that's one good thing I think 
I think it's an important thing that the uh, United States does is uh, trying to build back up those other nations. Um, doesn't always work out perfect, but uh, we no. at least try. So after uh, after you came back, kind of walk through because uh, you ended up in Georgia. So uh, kind of walk through the time that you kind of came back and you're finished and now to where we are in Georgia, kind of what, what took place there? Well, being in the WTU for a little over two years, uh, I had quite a few mental issues to, that needed to be addressed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, one, um, because of some of those close proximity roadside bombs, uh, the concussion just rattled my marbles to, <laughs> I mean, I think it broke a few, uh, <laughs> coupled with the fact of losing my two teammates, uh, Ryan and Adam mm-hmm. from global security. Um, and my hearing, um, the, the tinnitus sometimes mm-hmm. they're clanging in my head from the ringing. Uh, it's, it's like, Somebody's got a couple of gongs going off and be playing on a couple of gongs, China, those big Chinese gongs. Yeah. And, and it's really, uh, annoying to say the least. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, going through, uh, my physical rehab, um, as long as well as my, my mental rehab, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it, it was a slow boat to China, so to speak, right. to uh, uh, to recovery and and with uh, my uh, pastor Bill Armstrong at uh, Gore Tabernacle, um, mm-hmm. uh, between him and the church group then, and 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 my and my wife Karen, um, she. She had a hard time understanding, although she she knew she couldn't understand what I went through. But I was I was her her sounding board that I needed to vent. Yeah. Uh, and of course, with the uh, um, with all the uh, um, mental support that I had, everything was I, I was good. Um, it really, it really solidified uh, everything that uh, I believed in. Yeah. I I will say that, uh, uh, especially for for the servicemen and women and stuff. Like, anytime you get into a situation, uh, combat situation, you get PTSD, those types of things. You know. Uh, yes. That, that's something that you don't want to put off. Uh, go in, seek the help. There, there's uh, professionals out there, uh, whether it be, you know, a uh, therapist or uh, even if it's a church, church family, whatever. However, you need to seek the help, but go out and get the help. Uh, there's way too many individuals that that don't get the help and they struggle, struggle, struggle. And then, you know, uh, end up hurting themselves or, or even hurting somebody else. Um you know, it, it's much better to just go ahead and seek the help. No one's so so strong that uh, you don't need the help uh, necessarily. But absolutely, just go and talk to somebody. That you know, and just 
talking is going to get it off your chest. It's going to, it's going to help you, uh, through it. Um, at least in my experience, it has, uh, you know, I, I don't want to see anybody, you know, you know, committing suicide or anything of that nature. Uh, I'd much rather you just go and talk to somebody, get the help you need and, and be able to have a, a good productive life. Yeah. Well, I still have nightmares. Of course, mm-hmm. that's going to be an ongoing thing the rest of my life. I'm, and I've come to terms with that. Right. Um, I still get up all hours of the night walking through the house, doing a perimeter check, so to speak. Yeah. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast when, when you've been in as long as I have and, mm-hmm. It's just, it's just something, something you do. You, it'll never get out of, get out of your system. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and with all the shootings that's going on around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I, I know for me, uh, like I have a hard time, uh, I call it going out in town because I live on base. Uh, but, uh, being in town and especially around, like if it's a city and there's a lot of people, uh, I have a very, very hard time with that. Um, uh, going to the airport, flying, you know, and if people are so packed in and they're, they're close enough to touch me, I, I can't stand those types of things. Uh, yeah, I've got to have, I, I, I still to this day, when the wife and I go out to eat, um, I have to, I have to have a, uh, a booth where, my back is against the wall, so I can yeah. keep an eye on everything in front of me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because you, you just never know when somebody is going to cut loose with the with a gun or, or mm-hmm. knife or try to a, a fist of cuffs altercation and yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I I I keep my, my police baton with me, mm. so it's. Uh, it's a it's a 24 inch extendable police baton and yeah it will be very unforgiving <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> oh man so um so how did you get in georgia like I, you were in uh in oklahoma right the gorevian area <clears throat> for a while how did you end up in georgia when i deployed in eight uh-huh. is whenever I met my wife, she was running the uh, bowling center, the main bowling center here on post okay. at, here at Fort, here at Fort Benning. Uh-huh. And um, so we just got to talking and next thing I know, um, I'd been here about a week. Uh-huh. And um, so I went to the bowling center and, uh, I wanted to throw a few lines, so um, I, I'm down there on, on the lane getting my shoes on, and, and she comes up to me, and she says, uh, would you mind a, a little company? I said, I need somebody to talk to. And I yeah. said, well, well, absolutely. And uh, even though she couldn't drink because she's on duty, and I had a pitcher of beer there. Yeah. Um, because you can't bowl without drinking a beer. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. But anyway, anyway, um, we played cards in the fact that we laid everything out on the table. Uh-huh. Uh, she told me what all she was going through. I told her what all I was going through. Right. So, and we left no stone unturned. 
And so for the next three weeks during my, uh, my out processing there, um, we went to quite a few restaurants. Uh, uh, we went, uh, dining and dancing. Uh, she invited me over to the house where we currently live. And, uh, she said, now you're going to have to, um, uh, um, uh, beware. I've got a couple of little Yorkies that don't like men. <laughs> and, uh, so I said, okay, that's no problem. So I sat on the, on the couch across the, across the, uh, uh, room from her and anyway i just left one hand dangling off the edge and yeah i just you know they were growling and and smirking at me and you know yeah. just like give us a reason give us a reason <laughs> anyway, but anyway long story short within about an hour i had both of her yorkies in my lap scratching their heads no and kidding. she said well she said that's enough for me. If my Yorkies <laughs> like you, then I like you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the test. That that was the test right there. Of course, she had some cats too, and we still have cats. Yeah. Uh, all like I say, all of our animals are rescues, and and that's that's what we do. Um, we we help we help as many animals as we can. Yeah. And then how many uh, how many animals do you have currently? We have 10 dogs and seven cats. Oh, wow. And you the dogs. Me. Say again. The dogs are all crate trained. Okay. Uh, their house broke. Uh, they're all seniors except for two. Uh, and the cats are about four years old. We do have, no, take that back. We have, we have one cat that's 15 and we have two more that's about 10. Okay. And, um, but we, we love them. We love them all. And cause they provide their own, their, they have their own personality to, they just know whenever we need some comfort. Oh yeah, because yeah, they're absolutely. they're always they're always in our lap. Mm -hmm. um, they're 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 wanting to go wherever we go. Yeah. So it's it's comforting, right? And I've like I say, and I've got I've got one I've got one Yorkie and um, and I still don't know what Bosco is. I think he's with Aaron, like yeah. that. Um, like uh, Toto on uh, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about you, Bosco. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Huh? What? What? Hello? It's funny. Huh? <laughs> you hear him whining? <laughs> yeah, I hear him in the background there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, um, what, uh, what are some... Uh, some thoughts for everybody uh, as, as we're going to wrap this up here in a little bit, but what are some like, like thoughts that you want to leave everybody with um, words of wisdom or, or anything of that nature that you would like to tell everybody before we get off here. Well, to the young troops, mm -hmm. learn your job to the utmost of your ability. Mm -hmm. Always strive to learn your next level of education. 
for your promotions. Uh, learn your medical procedures. Mm-hmm. Um, they make them second, make them your second nature because not only will somebody else's life depend on it, quite possibly your own. Right. Yeah, that's very good. And always strive to make, if somebody else is struggling, Mm -hmm. don't wait till they ask for help. Mm -hmm. Go to them and say, how can I help make your your job easier? Can I help you do something? Yeah. Take that, take that initiative. That's the key word. Initiative. Because if you don't have that initiative, you're going to fail. Right. Yeah, very true. And always education, education, education. I can't stress that enough. Mm -hmm. I just wish I had somebody. uh, Nobody really stressed that when I was in the Marines. Yeah. Um, Had I known that, I probably would have stayed in the Corps. Um, I probably would have died in Beirut or who knows. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Well, you know, in in my opinion, everything works out for a reason. Uh, You know, uh, like God puts you in places and and, and helps you navigate life. Uh, Absolutely. all the way up to even this point, right? Like uh, me and you kind of how we uh, became Facebook friends, whatever. And then you kind of saw the podcast and you're like, yeah, I'd be willing to tell my story. And I, I got to be honest, your story is very fascinating. It is it is one. It's a very unique story uh, that I mean, not not a lot of people have spent as much time in the military as you did uh, with as many deployments and those types of things, like especially back to back. Uh, so I, I mean, a very, very unique perspective. Uh, and then you were what, 56? Is that right? When you got out? Yes. I retired in February of 13. Okay. Yeah. I mean, all the way up to 56. That's a, that's a long go. Uh, I had enough time. I had enough time on active duty on my deployments to, uh, put up for, put in for, uh, early retirement. Very nice. Okay. Wow. Well, so I didn't. I didn't have to wait till I was sixty. So I started drawing my check about three months afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's incredible. Um, but no, I thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast, telling your story. Um, you know, and and just kind of giving words of wisdom and advice and and things like that, especially all those young servicemen and women out there. Uh, yeah. It's very important, you know, for them to hear from from uh, those that have gone before them and things that they've learned along the way. Um, so I appreciate you coming on. Um, uh, we'll keep in touch for sure. Uh, yeah. We can have you back on uh, for a fireside chat at some point. We can talk about different things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I truly appreciate it. You've been one heck of a guest. Uh, and if you ever need anything uh, from me, don't hesitate. All right. I'll be cruising back through Oklahoma in uh, probably October for my 50-year reunion. Maybe I can stop by and put eyes on and have a cup of joe. 
Yeah, hey, that's that sounds good. You let me know when you're going back that way for sure. All right. All See right. you later, AJ. All right. Hey, uh, for everybody listening out there, thanks for tuning in. Uh, tune in for the next one that's coming up in the near future. Uh, stay motivated and change yourself. <laughs>